TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make It Big Training, and the Master of Me coaching program, Stuart Hayes. Stewie, a fantastic show. Lies ahead. Rich, I am really excited to be here. We've got a superstar guest today, an absolute shining star of her industry, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Far away. Tell us more. Well, why don't I just introduce the guest now? So our guest today is one of Australia's most sought-after musicians, and since the age of nine, she has performed with all major Australian orchestras and with rock icons such as Rod Stewart, Michael Bublé, Harry Connick Jr., Guy Sebastian, Kate Sobrano, Ronan Keating, Deltra Goodrum, the list goes on, as well as on TV shows such as X Factor, Australia's Got Talent, The Footy Show, Dancing with the Stars, Sally Cooper, I don't know where it ends. Thanks for being on the show with us. Oh, you're very, very kind. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Sal, uh, besides, you know, of course, dealing with all those amazing rock stars, of course, you get to occasionally deal with me. So, so that's obviously well, the highlight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mention Richard Sayer there. <laughs> so you you have had a very unusual career by you know any stretch of the measure, and I'm I'm just going to change the whole way we start this interview. Do you consider yourself a virtuoso? Do I consider myself um, a virtuoso? Hmm. Uh, Is this, are you comfortable with that term? I am comfortable with that term, I, but I, I guess it's something that I've never really thought about. It is a term that's been linked with my name mm. since I was very young. Uh, I, yeah, I am comfortable with, and I, if I was ever to use it linking to myself, it probably would, would be more so used when I was talking about myself as, as a youngster right. when I was performing big concertos solo with orchestra. That, that, that I see very much as... Virtuoso. Have you ever had any other job? Like uh, most people say, you know, they're a paper boy or something, but you were just totally gifted from the year dot. And like- I was so, I've been so blessed. My whole journey of, of um, oh, there's that word. It was going to come in somewhere. The journey okay. of my musical career. My <laughs> my whole life, I've, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's been a lot, a lot of hard work. Um, when I was doing a lot of hours of practice, but that kind of felt like it was quite normal. I, when I was practicing hard, I thought that all, all my other friends, when they finished their, their year one and year two schooling for the day, they'd go home and do their five hours a day practice on whatever they were excelling in. And, uh, yeah, I never thought twice about the hard work side, but as far as, um, work, uh, and success goes, I, this is basically been my my only job Mm. uh i have dabbled i worked for three months oh i don't know if you'd classify it as worked i tried my hand for three months just because it kind of looked like fun at the local (laughs) cafe that i used to go to all the time and i just and i got lots of free cakes for working there so you you rip out a mean paganini and you do not a bad latte 
never got to try making a coffee, but yeah, no, I, I don't serve a bad bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sally, you started at a young age down the pathway of, uh, well, that you're still going down. When did you start to sort of put in place some specific goals that related to where you'd like to get to? That's an interesting one for me as well. I, I guess because I excelled so quickly. A lot of the goals that I probably, as a musician, would have set for myself, I had already achieved um, mm-hmm. before I even knew to think about where I wanted to go. And then uh, after I achieved all of these classical musician goals and, and performance and competition goals, and, and, and I delved more into the crossover, you know, the pop area of work that was another thing that it was kind of happening before I even thought that I might want to do it and it was a it was a very pleasant surprise and and um felt very like a very natural segue in my in my career so just just before we go into sort of bring bring the listeners forward to now I just because your childhood is so unusual and the level of goal attainment, as Stuart just put. Talk to me about the the role your parents had in firstly getting you on this path. Right. And then I guess to some degree they were managing your achievements at an early age. And how was that? And and how has it been transitioning out of that actually? Neither of my parents have a background in music, Mm. but my father, who's retired now, he, he was a professor of psychology and he had a very strong... Um, idea of of work ethic and um, and of a training system and when I was showing promise on the musical side uh, I started playing the flagellette with a friend of mine at primary school and um, we joined a little group the flagellette is an, an Irish tin whistle for anyone that doesn't know Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we got that one covered. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. Uh, my mind went elsewhere, actually, to be honest. But uh, anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, you'll hear it a lot in Irish music, be it yeah. pop music or Irish jigs or whatever. Yeah. And uh, a friend, my, both my friend and myself, we joined a little group called the We Folk that was affiliated with my primary school. And the group leader called my parents a few weeks later, said I was picking that up quickly, suggested starting me on a more traditional instrument. Uh, the violin was chosen because one of my father's colleagues at work happened to play the piano and my father asked him and he said the violin. And that was at the age of seven. At the age of eight, I started studying at the Adelaide University and then at the age of nine, I performed my first um, solo concerto with orchestra. So you, so you need to, I need to clarify, you're studying at university at the age of eight. You're still yeah. going to school, yeah. And I was still going to school. They had a program at the university called Single Studies, which basically covered, it's a part of the musical degree, it basically covered all the performance side of subjects, just not the written subjects. Wow. Um, so it meant that I was able to have the coaching from the from the, the teachers that they they offered at the university. I was involved in playing in the orchestra there. I had, you know, was presented with opportunities to just be put on a practice regime that was ex- extensive enough for, or intensive enough, sorry, for for me to, I guess, 
see to, whatever standard I could get to. Yeah, you and you mentioned that a couple of times that that so the training system the, that the, was my the dad. Regime, <laughs> that was, that was what, my dad. I think as soon as he saw promise, and even before I started single studies, he he walked into my school and spoke to the teachers, and I <laughs> <laughs> and basically had me taken out of any class that wasn't absolutely necessary for my for my for me passing the year. So this is from grade two. That's amazing. So I, I do remember what my regime back then was exactly. It was five hours a day on Saturdays and Sundays, and that was broken up into two and a half hours in the morning and two and a half hours in the evening. And then on school days, on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, I did a whole day of school and I'd come home and do my two and a half hours a day of practice at night and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays he would drop me into school at recess and I would do two hours in the morning and then come home and do two hours at night and every year I got my birthday off and I got Christmas off and then after Christmas I had two weeks of the school holidays where I had no practice and I used to count down these days (laughs) I just thought you know for me that was my holiday I guess compared to kids that went to school and when when school finished, they would count down to when those holidays would start. Do you feel you missed out? Not at all. No, but, you know, I think it's because I was so young when it started and I didn't know any different. And you love it? I, and I loved it so much. And, I mean, there were a lot of tears and tantrums. I was a big tantrum thrower. I think I was before I even started music. <laughs> I think that's I'd never, no one would ever suspect that about you, Sally. (laughs) (laughs) It's the emotion. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, I do remember I tried every trick in the book (laughs) to try and get out of my practice, but I do remember also that there was never... It, there was a, never a thought in my mind that the practice wasn't actually going to happen. Mm, I think mm. it was more sort of what can I do to make the practice more fun. I used to, I I used to love to read, and I love still love reading now. And I would put whatever novel I was reading at the time on my music stand, and I'd be reading that instead of practicing. And I I'd be playing things by memory, and then I'd get so involved in the book that I'd forget to play for a few minutes and then dad dad would be downstairs and have this long stick and I'd hear this bang 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 like ah <laughs> it's like a scene from a movie it really is. it really is now look uh, being a musician myself uh, for a big chunk of my life um, I know and and knowing so many musicians as I do, a lot of music is is borrowing, you know, and having a classical background, obviously you're reading notes off a page and you're interpreting yes. it. And we... I've never heard that expression, borrowing though. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're borrowing and we're, and we're taking uh, something that we like, that we've heard or we've read in your case because yes. I, I can't sight read. Uh, and then we're putting ourselves into that. Absolutely. And then that gets passed on because the next person hears you and they borrow from you. Yes. And, you know, that's so interesting, especially as a child. I, I think one of the the strongest forms of learning is mimicry. Mm. Mm. And when, I mean, I was very, I was lucky enough that when I was in my, my high competing years, mm. I had an amazing teacher who was not only an incredible teacher, but she was an incredible performer herself. So she would explain, and I've only started to realise this, you know, more in more recent years that this was so important in my learning, uh, okay. that she would 
yeah, she would not only sort of, you know, tell me the bowings and tell me the technique, but she would actually um, then uh, play it for me as an example. And I think that the example of her playing was probably 80% of me understanding what she was meaning other than the speak, you know, the speaking and the telling me what she wanted me to do. Absolutely. So yeah. the, which, is, which leads me perfectly to, to where I was heading, which is modelling – which is what you were doing there. You were modelling the bowing, the, yes. the emotion on, on that, that instructor, that teacher. Yeah. Yep. Have there been others? Have there been mentors or coaches, people that have guided you in your career, not just in the playing, but has how to be a musician, how, how to be within yourself, within this industry? Have you, have you modelled that from other people as well? I, I'm, I'm sure that I have. I, as far as being aware of how much that ha- that has been a part of of molding me to who you know who I am now and and um, I mean that's so much a part of life let alone mm. just in music of course that's, I mean that's how you become who you are just you know um from who your parents are and and that I mean that's a whole we could get very deep there you know we're allowed get, get into people's <laughs> religions and and yeah. And mm. just the way that you, you know, I guess. And, and when do you make choices versus yeah, how you're modelling? Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. I definitely there's been different areas of my life where I've you know, especially being a female, going through the teenage years and and having the, you know, the 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 female idolisations on on the beautiful women that you see in the magazines and and then the actresses in in the movies and I guess certain characters in movies yep. we like to model ourselves on. Uh, I, I was very lucky to have an upbringing where there was a lot of love in my family. Mm. There was a lot of love uh, between my parents and a lot of love um, from them to to us as as their children and I think that has a lot to do with um, embracing whatever you do and finding it easier to embrace. Mm. What you do, especially when it's music and it's performing, because that's all comes from the heart. That's you know the, that that's the creative. That's the. It sounds like you had a, a perfect storm that you were passionate about music, and that your parents were passionate about your passion about music <laughs> to the point of changing the rules. I mean, you know, most kids they go, "Oh, I got to do balance. We've got to do some drama. We've got to go and do some mathematics. We've got to have this balanced childhood." Where they went, "No, no, 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 no." Sally is just going to become amazing at this this it, this thing, and and your your family's collective energy was there to support you in that endeavor. Yeah, I'm very blessed. I, I, my mother basically. I, to be honest, I've probably only become very close with my mother from the age of 15 onwards because she spent so much time with my two sisters because I was always either practicing or at lessons or rehearsals or traveling mm. with my father because he's the one that took on the role to completely manage my training and my career. I, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a parent that would. You know, at, when I was starting to travel internationally a lot when I was 11, he took a, uh, accepted a, a early superannuation package from his work so that I could have him full time. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And um, I mean, at the time that just seemed normal to me, but, you know, now 
I see how special that was. Mm. I mean, that that sort of uh, what what a rich background you've had. You know, as you said, with the love that you had surrounding you all the time. How how do you sort of translate? My dog. In your life today. We're meeting a little puppy dog now. Yes. I'm we haven't so had it. We haven't had a puppy on Careers Unplugged before. This is the he first one. He wasn't supposed to. He's just. I can't. He's. He's obviously heard. Heard something that was worthy of barking at. <laughs> well, maybe. It's to do, maybe it was to do with love. Because I was going to ask you. You know, like, how do you actually weave that into who you are and in in the way that you live? You know, that sort of that upbringing you've had with love all around you. Well, how, import, how important is it to you? Very well? important. I, I, um, my, my, I mean, my parents don't live in, in the same state as me, but I, I, I speak to them as much as I can, and I like looking after my, my partner and I, my. I mean, at the moment, our kids and my dog, which you just heard, and our cat, and they're our children. So I'm, I'm giving my. All my motherly love to them at the moment, but it's interesting. Um, even with my friends, my friends always say that that I'm the big mother hen of the group, and I guess I, you know, just making sure that everybody's always, if anyone's ever in need of anything, they they all, in my life they always know they can come to me. So you uh, like you like to be the mother hen. I do. <laughs> I like to nurture. I think that's supposed to be a part of my star signs. I'm not a big follower of star signs, but they say that cancers are, are, are very, very nurturing and <laughs> they're big homebodies and they're full of love. So, so <laughs> I've known you a, a while now and you seem to cruise through life pretty easily from the outside looking in. Seem to. Seem to, yeah. And I know that it, it, that's, of course, it's always easy, you know, <laughs> from uh, through my paradigm looking at somebody else's, of course, I'm not going to see reality. I'm seeing my filter on that reality. Right. Are there, have there been tough times? Have you had times where there's been hard decisions and it's, it's really rocked you and it's, it's, it's been hard? Um, yeah, there definitely have been very tough times. I, I am the type of person that if you're, it's probably, only, there's probably only a couple of people in my life that would even know that at the time. Mm. I, I, I like to to give out the, I don't like to create any kind of stress or worry for anybody. So mm. actually that's been a big learning curve for me to even open up to anybody mm. when there's tough times. Yeah. Uh, and what and and well, who, who or that, what caused that? Has it been well, someone that's come along and and has been that person that you've been comfortable to open up with, and you felt the reward of that? Yeah, there has, and it, and yeah, no, exactly what you said before is correct. And I, I guess I I guess one of the main reasons why I found it hard to open up in the first place to somebody about anything tough happening was because. Because my career and, and my life revolves around something that's so wonderful and it brings me so much joy, which, you know, obviously is, is my violin playing mm-hmm. and brings other people joy, why would I have anything to worry about? What, you know, like if when th- tough things do come up, how, I, I can't complain because there's, there's so – I've got a good – in so many other ways, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that's life, isn't it? You know. Yeah. So, so where to now? You know, what what are your goals looking forward, Sally? You know. Well, 
Interesting enough, I am about to play the lead in a short film, um, which uh, uh, is a, is as much of a surprise to me as it probably is to you. Uh, I was approached recently by a, a, a film writer and a producer he's working with. Uh, they've written, well, the film writer's written a, a film about two people, a female and a male, and the female is a violinist. And I've been chosen to play this role. And it, this is something that is so completely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, that makes it even more exciting mm. because everything in my career, as, as difficult as it may seem, Music is so a part of my being and playing for me is something that just, I mean, it's it's straight from the heart. Like it's just, a part, it's an extension of my body, my violin. So every time I perform, it's just pure joy and, the, and, and it feels very easy and it just feels like fun. So to do something that involves that but is going to give me a completely new skill set, you know, the acting side of things, I... It's. I. I'm very, very excited to. Do you think it might be something that that is um, increasingly more for you in the next sort of chapter of your career? I. I think it might be. How much do you know the name of your character? Her name's Tilly. So how much of Tilly is Sally, and how much of Sally is Tilly? Uh, interesting. Can you say that again, Rich? Yeah, <laughs> without being silly. <laughs> how much silly, silly Sally Tilly? No. How, how much of Tilly is Sally and how much of Sally is Tilly? So uh, I guess what I'm trying it to say is... like silly Sally. Yeah. How much of the character do you see yourself in and how much of yourself will the character be? Because ultimately you're going to be playing violin and you've shared that you can do it while That's you're reading a book. <laughs> you can do it while you're reading another book. I mean, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this, that's not going to be a challenge for you. So I, I guess I'm, you know, are you looking it's forward to... a very, to- very interesting question. Um, yes, because she's a violinist. I think, well, I am finding the more that I'm researching the role and 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 trying to become her, that the more she's becoming me. Mm. And mm. Uh, especially, I mean, I, I feel that my, myself, Sally, as a person... Um, like the, we take about Tilly now, but just <laughs> me, me on my own. So much of me is me playing the violin. Mm. That that I mean, when I think of myself and how I would describe myself to somebody, that that is, I mean that that is at least fifty percent of me. Mm. Can you so, ima- can you imagine so yourself good. not being a violinist? I suppose that's just about impossible. Uh, yeah, no, I can't at all. Yep. So a change of direction. Um, yes. What what would be the the toughest period you've you've had to endure in your career? You know, it might have been a mistake or just a you know something else that was going on for you that just made it a hard time. And what this did you do? Purely um, purely career related, or or just in general? Well, it, it can just be life. whatever you like. You know, I mean, I think they're they're both very entwined. When you're doing something you yeah, love, true. I imagine it's, it's it's almost the same. Um, probably. The most difficult was uh, a couple of years ago while I was uh, working on it was to it was right in smack bang in the middle of all the hey hey it's Saturday success yep. which was yeah 
I, I was fortunate enough as well to be really busy with a lot of corporate gigs and there was other TV shows happening at the time. And at the same time, parallel to that, uh, I found out that someone that was very, very close to me was diagnosed um, with something quite serious. This was also someone that was my partner at the time. It also meant... Um, it sort of was hand in hand with the end of the relationship, mm. the diagnosis. Okay. And for me, that I've, I've never, I've, I mean, I've been so lucky in my life that the closest person to me that's actually um, even come close to to being very ill and, and then passing away was my cat that, I, that grew up with me. I, I've, I've never been close because they've been over you know I've grown up overseas away from them to either of my any of my grandparents we've been very fortunate to not have anyone ill in our family so one I was dealing with um just the heartache of someone close to me not being well but then also losing the you know how did you how did you get through that well I was you you were busy you still had to do things I was very busy but that is what got me through my the <laughs> at the time I was I would be bawling when I'd wake up I'd drive to work to hey hey I'd drive into the car park park my car still be crying as I walked inside I'd stop and then the whole day would just be so amazing and I'd be playing my violin and that that's how amazing my violin is for me and my music mm-hmm. I, it's, I, it's my pure, music pure escape yeah my it's music like a, basically just um, a parallel world was hmm. my yeah that training you, you, you received or the training system that you received in your youth somehow gives you that strength that you can just fall back into, I'm Sally the violinist and you're there and everything else is shut out. Yeah, I wonder. That, uh, it, well, I guess it definitely would be. It would definitely have a big part of it. Mm. Um, and and so that would just be automatic though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've you've played with, as per your amazing introduction, you've played with world famous superstars. You've played with orchestras by the age of nine. What was the biggest rush you've had to date? What's what's been the the biggest wow? Can I give you two? Please. Am I allowed to? Ooh, yeah, Please. of course, of course. That was a long pause after I asked her. <laughs> Shall we let her? <laughs> um, I'm going to give you one in the classical yep. side of things and yep. then one in the pop side. Yeah. <laughs> the classical side was, I, it was, I can't remember how old I was, probably around the age of 13, and I was performing the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto solo with the with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra at one of the Symphony Under the Stars at the Sydney Music Meyer Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was one of the biggest crowds that ever had there. It's one of the biggest crowds I've ever performed to live. Uh, I think it was around thirty thousand. That's insane. At, yeah. at that age, big crowd for me yeah, was the inter, inter-school house sports. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Cast of you know yeah. sometimes it's the small crowds that are the scariest. Because uh, <laughs> you can still see their faces. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and here they come. This was, that was one of the biggest rushes. I, and I love that violin concerto, the Mendelssohn. It, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful violin concerto. I remember I had got a standing ovation and I, I, um, and I remember looking up at the conductor afterwards and um, 
just reaching up to shake his hand and remembering how tall he looked seemed like <laughs> <laughs> thanks to me. And, yeah, the, and the pop, the pop and one? the pop one was two years ago, end of 2010. I was booked f- by Beyonce. Um, wow. To, <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, alone <laughs> already. Uh, she, she was down <laughs> when uh, Jay-Z was touring, doing support for U2. Mm-hmm. End of 2010. And she was um, along travelling with him and it was going to be his birthday when they were on the Melbourne part of the tour. So she um, had her PA looking out, I guess, for performers. She wanted to do a Victorian theme for the party and um, they, the PA must have found me on YouTube, contacted me. Then uh, Beyonce had me arrive at her hotel room and she had all her hair and makeup and stylist flown over from the US and they got me all shimmied up, ready for the party. <laughs> it is a different world, isn't it's it? fantastic. And, I uh, love this story. And then I played for a, a room there were, that was actually the opposite. That was one of the smallest crowds I've played to but one of the most amazing crowds. So it was Jay-Z, his brother, Beyonce, her PA, I think their doctor from tour, and a couple of other people, and that was it. Wow. You have seen <laughs> the inside of privileged rooms, Sally Cooper. I, uh, Sal, that's about all we've got time for today. That has just gone so quickly, and wow. uh, I know we could just listen to you for hours, tell us stories like that because it's pretty mm. awesome stuff. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing um, My pleasure. Thank you for letting me ramble. I am known for rambling a bit. So. Uh, it, it's, it was just fantastic. And <laughs> Thank uh, you, Sally. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stu. Yeah, some really, really unique perspectives on, a, on, as Rich said, a very prestigious lifestyle in many respects. You know, you've, you've got, you're, going to, you're seeing places and meeting people and doing things that we're all grateful you are doing. And to, and to all of you at home, in the car or wherever you are, thanks for joining us. Make sure you visit careersunplugged.com or Facebook and leave your comments. And, of course, give this episode a five-star rating on iTunes. Do it for Sally. This has been Careers Unplugged with Richard Stu. Thanks. Careers Unplugged, proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program, helping you succeed in life, career and business. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.